Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the eighth day of February. I want to thank you for making the decision to be with us each day as we journey through the Bible, and particularly right now, we're working out of the 12th chapter of Hebrews, talking about Esau, because we've been working with the Abrahamic stories from Genesis, and I just am so intrigued by Hebrews 12 and its interjection of Esau into the story. I say interjection because it kind of comes out of left field. The 12th chapter is starts with that great cloud of witnesses passage, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, uh, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know that story. Then there's this little foray into the discipline of God, chastisement through the lens of fatherhood. He, he talks about how if you haven't received chastening, you must not be a son. You'd be illegitimate. Or as the old King James, you'd be a bastard because you wouldn't have a father. And in light of that chastening, you have a responsibility to take care of the other brothers and sisters in the family, to help those whose hands hang down, to make the path straight, pursue peace with them, bishop over their lives so that they don't fall short of God's grace, so that they don't become bitter, and so that there is not an injection of bitterness into the ministry, into the to the physical or, sorry, spiritual journey of those who walk alongside you. And then all of a sudden, in Hebrews 12, 16, lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. I think we can actually do a couple of things on Esau. Uh, one from 16 and one from 17. We've been working the context of this for the last few days, and we've talked about him uh, really supplanting the temporary, the eternal with the temporary, gave up his birthright for a bowl of soup and the dangers of shortcuts and short-sightedness and only focusing on what is in front of you instead of what is to come. Those are all principles in the story. But why? The phrase fornicator. This has caused us to call Esau a sexually deviant man, although there's no real solid Old Testament evidence that Esau is a sexually deviant man. The word fornicator in Hebrews 12, 16 is the Greek word pornos, P-O-R-N-O-S. And it is the word from which we derive the English word pornography. And what it means in the Greek is literally um, it it tilts towards the male in the Greek, the man who is a sexual deviant and almost always is used of male prostitutes. Male prostitutes, those who slept with teenage boys, or the teenage boys who were usually be as a product of slavery placed into the sex trade. And the word that was used in the Greek language to describe those young men was pornos. It's a word that gets translated in the English in a lot of spots in the Bible as fornicator or any kind of deviant sex. Now, when we say fornication... We just typically refer 
to sex prior to marriage. We don't even usually say, we sometimes we say outside of marriage, but we also know that that could in, in, um, inculcate adultery. It could include adultery because that's that could be sex outside of marriage. We don't think of that in terms of fornication. We think of that in terms of adultery because adultery is that which happens outside of marriage. It is selling yourself outside of whom you are in covenant with. Fornication in that terminology is sex prior to marriage or outside of marriage that doesn't result in marriage. And you're going to think of it in those terms because in biblical terminology, um, fornication is a problem. It's repeated over and over again. But it's sex outside of a covenant that's the problem because sex outside of the covenant was sex that was seen to be deviant. Any sex outside of the covenant was seen to be deviant, thus was seen to be pornos, fornication. In the Old Testament, we don't see an injunction as much against this because we do see injunctions against sexual deviancy, but we don't hear it called fornication as much because when you're talking about through the terms of the law, if a man slept with a woman, they're both unmarried, that was seen to be their consummation of marriage. So what would have made it deviant is if they slept together and the man abandoned her. If he slept with her, he married her. That's what it was. Otherwise, she was a prostitute. And most prostitutes in, in the ancient world were prostitutes covertly because it was too dangerous civilly or religiously to be one, and most of them were prostitutes out of slavery. Why is the Bible called Esau a fornicator then? We don't have that kind of insight into his sexual life. Because I think it had to do with the fact that he sold himself out of his own covenant. He had a birthright. He had a future, a destiny, a plan. And for a bowl of soup, he gave it all up. That is as immature and foolish as pornos, sexual deviancy. So the text calls him a fornicator, but I don't think it just has to do with sex. I think it has to do with the fact that Esau surrendered the long run for the temporary. Like someone surrendering covenant for a sexual relationship. And through that lens, we realize again the value in looking past the temporal to see the eternal. Now, what happens in the situation of that sex outside of covenant or that sexual deviancy or that fornication is regret. Almost always regret that it was performed and the desire to take it back. And the next verse tells us that Esau did regret what he did. And that's a big reason why I don't think that verse has to do with sex as much as it does giving up future returns for a temporary return. I want to look at 17 tomorrow where he tries to inherit the blessing and is rejected. There's something very important there for us. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless.